Hello everyone, welcome to Cricket with an Accent. World Cup final is what 24 to 36 hours away. Uh, it hasn't gone as planned, but let me welcome uh, the analyst for today's show. This is Sakib, joined by Sabi and Anand. Uh, a big thank you to Anand, he's traveling. So on a Friday night, doing podcast shows, a lot of commitment. Thanks guys, and let's uh, make it meaningful and let's try to stay on topics. Great to be back, Sakib. Great to be back. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the tone is somber, of course. We all know what happened. India was one of the favourite teams and uh, the World Cup ended uh, at the hands of uh, a New Zealand team, which was, you know, on a different conversation, quite a lucky team in all, you know, in all respects by reaching the semi-final. That's a different conversation. But let's start with, let's, uh, let me put Anand on the block right away. So, Anand, we've talked, you know, when this match was happening, we were on the phone uh, Kedar Jadav is a name that keeps coming up. What are, what is after, you know, I know you've absorbed this loss now, it's like more than 24 hours. What happened according to you? I mean, is it just one bad match or you agree with what Sabi has been saying? India was too heavily dependent on Kohli and Sharma and they failed collectively on the worst possible day. Yeah, I First of all, I have to say, um, you know, it, it really is very disappointing to see India lose to uh, what I would say is a subpar New Zealand team. Um, this is a team they should have beaten, even even though New Zealand bowled quite well in the beginning of that innings. This is a match they should have won. This is a team they should have beaten. Um, I will, I will, uh, you know, agree with Sabi for all the things he's been saying on various podcasts. Uh, this team was very dependent on the top three. And even among the top three, we lost, uh, India lost Dhawan uh, at the very beginning of the tournament. Uh, and KL Rahul, as good as uh, he can be, um, I don't think he he was inspiring the level of confidence that you would see with uh, Shikhar Dhawan. Uh, so it really came down to Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli performing well. I remember Sabi saying in one of the podcasts, both have to play well for India to win the World Cup. Uh, unfortunately, in this uh, semi-final, neither of them uh, was able to uh, uh, show up uh, for, for the occasion. I would not blame them, of course. Uh, but what I would really blame is uh, the selection of the team. I think we'll go into some details. Uh, but first and most important thing is I think the selection uh, was very muddled in terms of how they thought about the batting lineup, who should be in, what's the balance of the team. Uh, with spinner, they picked um, a lot of different things, I think, went wrong with selection. Um, if I had to pinpoint uh, one thing for India, it, it was selection leading into the World Cup and then selection within the squad to get to uh, get to the 11. So, so Anand, Anand, okay, no, I think this is very good what you're saying. And uh, Sabi and I were prepping while you were uh, you know, trying to log on the call. Uh, for an outsider, I mean, Sabi, you know, of course, with Pakistan cricket background and knowledge, a lot of people are really not sure how the Ambati Raidu treatment, was it fair? I know you have followed him closely and you were of the opinion that he didn't belong there, but we all agree he was treated very unfairly. And then uh, he retired, uh, you know, after Mayank Agarwal and Rishabh Pant made their way when injuries, you know, uh, called for, you know, replacements. So just to clarify that, uh, you agree that, you know, even though he was not a capable uh, number four in your books, He's a great batsman, but he just didn't make the cut. But the way we treated him was very questionable. Sabi, are you asking Sabi? Or no, me? I'm asking you because Sabi was talking and then I'll bring Sabi in. 
Yeah, de- definitely. I I think more than the way they treated Ambati Raidu, what it showed me was there was no clarity on uh, whether Ambati Raidu was the right person for the role, um, for the position, and uh, all the way to the, to the World Cup, it seemed like Raidu was the one who was going to make it. So this is as much as about treating Raidu well as giving clarity to the rest of the uh, the people in the field. Um, I don't think Rishabh Pant would have expected to go out there and bat at number four. I don't think even Karthik uh, was prepped uh, to bat in the top five. Uh, so all this goes back to Raidu, but it, I think it is because there was no clarity around Raidu uh, that 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 really was the problem. Hmm. So Sabi, you can come in. I know you wanted to talk about Kedar Jadav. You questioned his role, but then this was the match in New Ze- against New Zealand because Cricket Info article suggested. Uh, before the match that he has been very successful against some of the new zealand top order and uh, and also sabhi i know you want to talk about the exclusion of kuldeep yadav so uh, take away uh, what you think were the reasons for india to come short besides you know heavily relying on rohit and virat so to start off with uh, it was raidu uh, i was actually surprised not to see him in the squad not because uh, uh, not because i like him or uh, or the re- reason he should have been in the team is because india invested on him uh, i think he was playing uh, for india uh, for probably 6 to 6 months to a year regularly at number 4 and that's where they were having the problem so for for some reason at the last moment he was dropped and uh, shankar was picked ahead of him which was which was surprising to pick an all-rounder uh, and playing him at number 4 in a crucial position uh, i don't I, i thought that you know that would be a blunder uh, and then uh, same thing with uh, with jadav uh, india has been have invested quite a bit on him uh, probably for the last two years i mean i saw him first time at the champion trophy um, whether he's a good batsman or not that's a different debate but the thing is when you are when you have invested in someone for for such a long time then why do you want to drop him right before the crucial games um, it started off with england versus um, india game where jadav was in the team uh the two bowlers kuldeep yadav and chahal went for runs but for some odd reason uh jadav were even given a ball i mean two guys one gave 88 run one gave 72 runs you would expect a sixth bowler to come in and chip chip some more but but it wasn't and then he was dropped so yeah, for somewhere you know in between the lines i don't know what happened why why they lost the trust Uh, on on the players who have they invested and then coming back to kuldeep yadav i know jadeja played a very good inning uh, so everything uh, you know nobody talks about it but if 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 you look at indian squad for the last two years after the champion trophy when india lost against pakistan uh, they dropped jadeja they dropped ashwin and they brought chahal and kuldeep and and they dominated uh, throughout that uh, two years uh, and why they dominated because they had two quality wrist spinners in the middle overs who were taking wickets in asia in england or in south africa or even in new zealand so i was surprised not to see kuldeep yadav playing against new zealand i mean the, if you talk about one of the weakest uh, team playing spin you would talk about new zealand you would talk about west indies uh, so i mean now it's you know everything is in hindsight but but if kuldeep yadav would have played who knows he might have taken four or five wickets and and india would have restricted new zealand to 200 runs maran i know you want to add something to it but i'll also just back to differ i know sabhi is right again uh, fundamentally you need to back the horses you know that you prep for the big race and then 
two games before you decide to change your mind. Of course, we all agree there. But Kuldeep wasn't taking wickets, Anand. So you want to answer to Sabi's very valid response here. But uh, did you see the exclusion of Kuldeep as a big mistake as well? Maybe not a big mistake. I think it was a mistake. Um, Kuldeep is actually India's best uh, one-day bowler after Bumrah. Uh, all statistics show that. Uh, yes, in the World Cup, he took some stick against uh, England. But let's not forget the match against Pakistan. Uh, Kuldeep was instrumental in uh, in really helping India win that match. Um, he arguably bowled the ball of the tournament uh, in that match. Um, Kuldeep and Chahal, these are the kinds of bowlers you want to be bowling in tandem um, in, in a high-pressure situation like the World Cup semi-final. Uh, Chahal himself was not as effective, I would argue, because you didn't have Kuldeep at the other end. Because these two guys really bowled well together. And somehow, I think the loss against England spooked uh, the team management. And they moved away from this combination. I think it was a bit of an overreaction. But that's generally true with this uh, lineup. Like I, I, I hate to go back and say this, but Karthik was supposed to be the backup keeper for Dhoni. Ends up playing two crucial matches uh, in the end. Yeah, what, uh, what's up with that? Yeah, that was the biggest, I think, uh, because they made it pretty clear. Karthik will only pad up with the gloves. He won't be playing as a batsman. And then you make him play in the biggest game of the tournament. Right. And then, then you have, as Sabi said, Kedar Jadav, who was uh, supposed to be a part-time bowler uh, along with his batting uh, and he, he didn't bowl at all. Even Vijay Shankar, uh, you know, he ended up bowling out of, really out of, uh, I would say, fortune, good or bad fortune, because Bhuvaneshwar Kumar was hurt. Otherwise, I don't think they would even have tried him as a bowler. Um, so, it is really the messaging that came out of this uh, management was completely different. And even KL Rahul started the tournament at four. I understand he was the only alternative uh, in the end, but uh, they, they didn't try to experiment uh, even after he was, uh, you know, he was not starting very well. So, I, I just feel like the management was not very consistent with their own thinking. Hmm. Okay, so now let's get some difficult questions and feel free to disagree, guys. And I, I hope you disagree. Uh, so, our good friend, I mean, Viral Patel, we've been trying to get him on the podcast. Uh, he's been pretty vocal on Facebook and he is a big Virat Kohli fan, but he himself said something that, you know, I've been dying to say and he kind of took the words out of my mouth. Arrogance is good. I think as a batsman, you can put fear among bowlers, you can dominate bowlers and that's what Virat Kohli exudes and that's his persona. That's who he is. But arrogance and overconfidence can also you know, create lack, uh, lack, lack of vision and Virat Kohli's selection has been the talking point, be it test matches and uh, how much are, in the, I know like we talked about this and Sabi, you can go second, uh, we know the culture in subcontinent, especially India and even Pakistan back in the day of Imran, like captains have a big say. So Anand, uh, do you hold Kohli also equally responsible for not having a proper number four and then you need only one game to fail to lose this tournament and that was a playoff game? So, let's talk about the leadership there. Uh, and uh, you can include Ravi Shastri. I think he's a non-factor because I am very strong why he was there. He's there in my view just so Kohli can, you know, ride his wave and have his stamp of authority on the team. And But uh, take it away, Anand. Yeah, so I first of all, let me say this. I don't think Kohli is a good captain. But I also will say this is not on Kohli um, because the team selection, as, as strong and influential the captain is, I mean, the coach has a big say in this and the selectors themselves had a big say g going into this tournament 
and i understand kohli could have arm twisted them i don't believe he did I, i know a lot of people think you know kohli had a you know kohli pretty much decided who gets to play in the world cup i don't think he did because he was one of the people who was actually pitching for ido almost all the way to the world cup um and i i feel like you know that didn't happen uh, and part of it is because there were other voices in the room who who actually said ride was not going to cut it uh, so i i don't think it's all on kohli in terms of the selection um once the squad is selected yes kohli has a say on who gets to play and maybe the attitude of the players within the match uh, and that is where i think his bad captaincy comes into play but i don't think this is uh, kohli's arrogance or any such thing that's that's creating this problem but uh, no, i know a look, lot of look look arrogance sometimes can be a substitute for greatness because that's you know be it leaders be it cricket captains sometimes that you know the vision you know the belief and then you back it up and anand uh, i know you you definitely uh, are making a valid point but then look at the subcontinent history i mean not too long ago uh, mahendra singh dhoni was accused and recently too by yograj singh yuvraj dad and that's kind of like little personal but he thinks dhoni ended yuvraj career which i didn't follow closely but i definitely think dhoni had a play uh, in the 2011 world cup for not including the likes of dravid when the world cup was in india so i mean this is not on a knock on kohli but i think he should be, be in my book he should be taking some responsibility for the selection because i'm not buying uh it's not cricket australia where you know steve smith's going to go in and say oh sorry aaron finch i want this team in india and pakistan things work differently we can have a bunch of selectors but i think and kohli recently has even been uh, accused by some media member that he's been consulted for future uh, test program you know the future tours of of the you know the test schedule and the national cricket academy so he's he's been consulted on things that are beyond the playing 11 or playing squad so do you want to revisit i mean uh, my question with uh, he he should have he must have an impact somewhere that's what i'm saying he has to say kohli has to say and let me first say uh, if there's a crazy dad version in cricket of uh, what we see in tennis it is yograj singh i mean even his own son stopped talking to him yograj stopped talking to him for many years so i i wouldn't put a lot of uh, you know weight into what yograj says about things in general but um kohli i i feel has a say he has he's tremendously influential in india not only in terms of selections but in terms of how his team plays all these guys look up to him they even look like him many of these guys are like when when i saw the team photo somebody commented they said everybody looks like kohli uh, in that i'm not saying they're all trying to look like him but that's not a good thing there is definitely <laughs> <laughs> so but but my my point is that uh, you know he has a lot of influence but doesn't mean he's making a call Uh, I think Ravi Shastri is he's very much in the background but but he, he also has I would say an equal say when it comes to who gets to play. Mm Sabhi uh, how do you see this? Uh I I actually um agrees with Sakib bhai uh and the reason I agree with is I I just don't see I mean this is to me this is Kohli and Shastri team and uh, I think uh they wanted this i i really think they don't want it raido and that's why he was not there uh, i just don't see how how selectors uh, cannot agree with what kobe is looking for uh, if he if he really wanted some player he would have definitely got it um so it, all the blame should should be gone to captain and the coach uh, and and to just to, to go to that point uh, coming back to the match uh, dhoni at number 7 you know that that was that, that was like a shock to me uh you are four or five down and you're just uh, basically saving dhoni uh, for the last moment i think he should have come ahead of pandya for sure 
Yeah, that's the great point. I actually thought Dhoni should have batted four in this match, uh, given the total. Um, but I, again, I, I just want to say, these guys, as much as they have a say, then what does it make uh, the Indian selectors at that point? Uh, what does it make? There's this whole committee of former captains that are supposed to be overseeing this whole process. What does it make then? But Anand, that's, and, a, that's, that's, a, that's a very valid point you brought up. Thank you. But then these are the same legends of the game, right? The Tendulkar's, Ganguly's and Lakshman who couldn't convince a Virat Kohli that Anil Kumble is the right man for the job. Who I don't want to drag old you know, skeletons out, but this is the kind of thing where a Kumble was needed to make you, you know, stand accountable and just look you in the eye. You know, you're the greatest batsman in the world. You might become the greatest captain one day, but you know, you need to have some some choices. You need to, you know, back the right, right horses. It's not all about aggression. It's not all about intent. You know, all that talk. And India could have still won the World Cup. That's the beauty of it. And then this thing could have been unnoticed. And that's the kind of stuff I've been crying about when India even won in Australia the Test Series. Yeah, there's a great team. But this team has gone about... Oh, this team management has gone about stuff in a very different way. And this is where, you know, their luck ran out. I think there's a still fantastic team, but they got exposed by a lucky team. Had they been exposed by an English or Aussie attack, then we would have been saying, okay, you know, they lost to an equal. They lost to New Zealand. But, but if you look at it, this Indian team was not the greatest team. And the reason I would say is because all the other team other than England, they were all equal. So no team was, was extraordinary. And that's why... That's why you're saying that India would have won the World Cup with this team. But the only reason they would have won the World Cup because uh, uh, with this team is because the other teams were not as good. No, no, Sabi, you are right. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, given the context of the World Cup, right? There were three teams that could have won the World Cup and one of them is still in the final, right? England, Australia and India. And you are right. I mean, right. India had heavily relied after Shikhar Dhawan's injury on Kohli and Sharma. But to your point, had this failure occurred, say hypothetically, in the last game against Sri Lanka or even in the league game against England, then if these guys showed up for this game, India could have been in the final. We wouldn't be having the conversation. So the hole was exposed when it mattered the most. That's what I'm trying to say. I think I'm saying the same thing as you are saying. But at the same time, had India won the World Cup or went to the final, lost to England in a high-scoring chase, then everyone would have been lovey-dovey and, oh, it's just, you know, we lost to a better team. Now the whole thing got exposed. Uh, ironically for them, at a very crucial match, they got knocked out. And guess what? The top three, five for three. That's that's the problem. And that's what I'm saying. This, yeah, was, are, this is a result of bad one, habits. One, one, thing, one thing we talked about before the World Cup, and I, I mentioned to you, Sakib, was bits and pe- players with bits and pieces players. I <laughs> hate to use the term now, now that it's become a, a controversial thing. But teams that have bits and pieces players don't usually win World Cups. Teams with good specialist players, batsmen and bowlers are the ones that win World Cups. We talked about this in the context of England in the past. How many all-rounders they had, you know, with Chris Lewis, Dermot Reeve, you know, and they named them and they, they, they filled their sides with people who could bat a bit and bowl a bit and they didn't have a whole lot of success. I mean, yeah, they got to semis and finals, but they never won the big matches because that's where the specialists mm. showed up. And, and you can see you now with this India team, I would argue, I mean, Rishabh Pant is a work in progress, but all the way down through from Pant to Karthik, Kedar, Jadav, even Jadeja, these are all bits and pieces players. Any On any given one of them may click. You can't depend on these guys. And Excellent. I Excellent think point. And the team, point philosophy, team philosophy was completely wrong uh, in, in how they thought about it. Excellent point. And Imran Khan always used as a term in Pakistan called Relu Katta. And even, even that term... 
uh, before Pakistan India game, uh, he even tweeted it by saying that uh, do not do not uh, play the different pieces player in high pressure games. Hmm. But again, are, are we including Ajay Jadeja? Uh, sorry, Ravindra Jadeja because he really batted with a chip on the shoulder, you know, like uh, and he showed Manjrekar. Uh, and Manjrekar took it gracefully too. I think he just said he ripped me in bits and pieces on yeah. all fronts. So, but let's, 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 you know, let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, he played an exceptional inning, no doubt about it. But has he been has he been uh, consistently playing that kind of innings? So to me, he was a bit and pieces player, and to me, he's still a bit and pieces player if he performed this kind of inning in once in a match. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So here, here's here's another way to look at it. Jadeja was picked mainly for for his bowling, right? Right. Mitchell Santner, left-arm spinner, out-bowled Jadeja in this match. As as good as Jadeja bowled, 10 overs, 34 and 1 run, Mitchell Santner was unhittable for his first 6 or 7 overs. Same pitch uh, and even arguably a better lineup. So, I'm not sure if, if you had Kuldeep instead of Jadeja in this match, he probably would have taken more wickets. I don't know if, if he would have been more expensive. Maybe India would not have been chasing 239. This is where I'm saying, in these matches, you have to back your best players, not not back players who are multi-skills. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about the elephant in the room again. You know, like the legend of the game, Mahindra Singh Dhoni. I mean, we had a, a cricket party at work. Uh, you know, our IPL Fantasy League lunch was ordered and that day India lost the semi-final. So everybody was in a somber mood. We enjoyed the biryani. But then everyone's coming to me and like, I'm some expert and, you know, some other guys say, why don't you blame Dhoni? I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, he did look good in the IPL, Anand. But uh, someone will say in IPL, you don't have those good bowlers so he can, you know, pick and choose his targets. But then I listened to the Indian talk show, like the post-mortem analysis with Ashish Nehra and uh, Ajay Jadeja. They were saying Dhoni was doing, he knew exactly what he was doing. If Dhoni had gotten out earlier, Jadeja's extended innings could have been impacted. He was a calming influence. And had he not been run out, India could have won the match and maybe fell short by one or two runs. So, Anand, let's talk about Dhoni. I mean, did he has he overstayed now? I mean, uh, again, he's still the best keeper according to many. But then there are a lot of his critics who think he's not even the best keeper in the Indian squad. So, talk about that. First thing, I, I, I know, Saqib, you probably think I have a Dhoni bias. Um, I think he is one of the first people uh, who should be picked in this team. Um, who would you have picked ahead of Dhoni? Now, this, this match was a great example of what else was uh, available as an option. Uh, Dinesh Karthik, I'm sorry, but he's not a player at this level in this format. Rishabh Pant, very raw, very green. And honestly, Dhoni, what he brings in terms of value, in terms of helping strategically, in terms of uh, field placements, in terms of what the bowlers have to be doing, that stuff, those intangibles are huge for this Indian team. I, I think a big amount of credit for how well India bowls has to go to Dhoni as well. So, when you think of the alternatives that you have right now, Dhoni is far and away the best uh, wicketkeeper batsman in the country. But I, I think even that is doing a lot of discredit to him. The way India has been using Dhoni is to, in the same way in, in the past where they expected him to explode and, you know, the, he hit those big sixes and, and win matches for them. And they have to recognize he's not the same player. I, Sabi said this in, in an earlier podcast. I was going back to the Pakistan uh, World Cup in 1992 and I, I was thinking about how Javed Nyanda was used. Uh, he was the guy who shepherded... Inzama Mulhak through that semi-final. Let's not forget. I mean, we are all looking at Inzi and how well he played. 
I think Miandad was a big factor in Pakistan winning that World Cup. And so that's the kind of role Dhoni was playing in this World Cup for me, for India, because he knew once the big two or three got out, there wasn't a whole lot that you could depend on. And then it, it all came down to Dhoni and I actually thought he played his role really well. Okay, so I think, uh, let, let me also clear because, you know, some of our friends listen and hopefully a lot more people will listen to it. I'm also a big Dhoni guy. It's always, uh, as far as captaincy and reading the game and making changes, Dhoni greater than Kohli for me. I am, you know, I'm a Dhoni fan too. But I'm just asking you the question that a casual fan or a casual conversation, people are very unforgiving on and of his strike rate. So you still think, where is the balance? We should not expect the good old Dhoni, say Dhoni of pre-2014, but at the same time, he's still in the team. So no matter where we put him, are we doing injustice to him? Or does he know that he can't deliver? Because a lot of people are just looking at mere strike rate. It's, cricketers are saying Dhoni had a plan, he would have won you the game. But uh, what, is the real, what, what is the real expectation here when in a dogged chase, except what do we expect? One, Go ahead. Except one match, Saqib, against England, there was no pitch that played on where they, they had to score 300 and 350 to chase or win. Uh, even when India was batting first, the scores they put up, even if it was high 200s, were good enough to, uh, good enough to win the match. And I think Dhoni recognized that. He recognized what par scores meant. Nobody criticizes Kane Williamson for batting at 70 strike rate. But in fact, they praise him for judging these pitches and scoring at that strike rate. Nobody makes these calls against even, uh, you know, certain other batsmen and other teams like Steve Smith. He's not scoring at 120. But when it comes to Dhoni, somehow the focus is much greater. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying he's flawless, but uh, honestly, with the selection that, that, that's around him, you have Vijay Shankar batting above him and you got uh, players like, uh, you know, uh, Pandya and Jadeja following him. I wouldn't fault jo- Dhoni for playing the way he does. Uh, Sabi, do, do you see this differently? Uh, of course, we all agree that Dhoni is not the same guy, but he still brings a lot of value. I want yeah, a response on totally on... Sabi, I want you to, to respond on what Anand said, especially on his batting skills. We all know he's a great leader. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, now we know, all know how much help he has given to Kohli. Uh, but uh, just as a betting perspective, you know, before the World Cup, I thought that, uh, you know, he is not that Dhoni as we used to have seen. Such a great uh, player. And the thing which I used to like about Dhoni was rotating the strike, uh, especially against the spinners and very tough to get him out. You know, when whenever Pakistan used to play, I used to, how would he get out? He never used to get out. Uh, the difference, of course, the age makes a huge difference, and now he's not able to rotate the strike as as well as as he used to. So, but uh, coming back to this game, uh, the strike rotation didn't matter because uh, India the, India was in a very defensive mindset at that time. They lost so many wickets, so he had to play the way he played. Uh, but I think he should have come definitely ahead of Pandya. Uh, probably should have come at number five ahead of Karthik. But if not ahead of Karthik, definitely should should be ahead of Pandya. Um, but, but you know, I, I would like to talk about uh, the last four overs. Uh, Sakibai, we were talking over the phone as well at that time, uh, briefly. And and I, I said at that time that I think Dhoni would probably target Nisham and Henry. And and last four overs, 40 runs were required. And uh, I knew that w- one, one over was uh, going to be bowled by Bolt and the other one was Ferguson. So, there were two overs left. One was Henry and one was Nisham. So, I thought that he will take a charge on Henry. And when Henry came on 47th over, he played three balls and he had no intent to hit those on those three balls. 
He just rotated the strike and went back. And same thing Jadeja did on those three balls as well. So on 47th over, India made only six runs. And then three overs left and 34 required with one over of board and one over for Ferguson. I think that's where he miscalculated. If I, I, I really think if he, he would have gone, he would have definitely hit out uh, Henry as, as Bhartwire did. Uh, so, Sabi, so are you saying the Dhoni of old would have taken the chances? Again, do you think he just misfired his calculation? Because uh, that's... I, think he, I think he did the miscalculation because Dhoni of old would have definitely easily hit Bolt and Ferguson also. But, but I really thought that he will not be able to hit Ferguson at this time because it's tough to hit extra pace. So, that's why I was thinking that he would go and try to hit Henry. Maybe he'll get out, but he will try and get, get like 14 to 15 runs in that over. And then last three over, it would be 25 required, one Nishem over, and it would be game over at that time. I think they miscalculated over at that time to me. So so here's my, my thinking on that. Um, so I, I think you raise a good point. It's who which bowler do you want to target? I think Dhoni wanted to target Bolt, not Henry, because he actually thought Henry was a harder bowler to hit in this match. I want to go back to uh, May, just a couple of months ago in IPL, different situation. Dhoni hit 20, I think 21 runs of Trent Bolt in the last over when he was batting for Chennai Super Kings and he, they beat the Delhi Capitals. That match, I think, would have told you who he was targeting uh, for that big burst. He, I felt he, he feels more comfortable, uh, at least in the, against the old ball against Trent Bolt than, than a player like Matt Henry. And that probably was his calculation. We'll never know this. Uh, also, we know he likes to take it as late as possible. And he probably saw Bolt and Henry and he said, you know what, maybe I'm better off hitting Bolt. That, that probably was his decision at that point. Hmm. All right. So, I think we covered quite a lot. And maybe when we do the roundup show after the tournament has been decided, we can weigh in on some of these uh, outstanding questions. Let's quickly move to England versus Australia. Uh, it's a beat down. Australia had beaten them in the warm-up game and then very convincing win in the league phase. So, a lot of folks were uh, giving Australia the cup. I mean, I was also one of them that I thought they had a chance. But uh, I was pretty sure once England came back from the brink of the elimination when they beat India and New Zealand. I think I told you guys because we've talked a lot over the phone. Once uh, one hung up, I'll call the other. And then there's another guy, Ahmed, I call him. So, I was saying England is going to win this thing if India... Or someone lets them in, they are not looking back. And uh, this is the, exactly the kind of performance they put against Australia. Of course, had uh, Australia bowled in the morning, maybe Mitchell Stark would have uh, put on some kind of a performance as well. But uh, England's depth and class is showing now. Uh, I expect a very one-sided final. Maybe, uh, okay, let me rephrase it. I expect them to win it. One-sided or not, I expect England to lift the trophy. So, Anand, uh, how much of a surprise was that for you? I know you, you were believing the Aussies could do it, but you, I think you were very aware of the English quality and the depth this team has. I have a feeling if England wins this World Cup, this will go down as one of the all-time great sides in one-day cricket. I, I think they're already there in terms of quality, but they need, they need this tournament to, to validate that. All the way from number one through even nine, they, every one of them is a legit batsman. And they have a lot of variety in, in bowling as well. So, this team really is a great team. Australia, in my mind, was playing well. It was a team in form, but not necessarily a great team. They had a lot of holes in their batting. Their bowling also had some holes. They, they, they didn't have uh, uh, their best pace bowling options uh, besides Stark and Cummins. 
and so i i feel like it's no surprise that england actually it's arguably they're peaking at the right time they got a bit of a scare um uh, but there's no doubt in my mind who who the better team is between australia and england and sabhi we talked a lot about glen maxwell he is one of the big disappointments do you agree uh, when australia needed him the the guy just didn't show up i mean he did a lot of starts 22 27 even an occasional 40 but uh, a no show yeah big disappointment and uh, uh, the 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 thing i liked about this world cup was uh, low scores uh, when i say low to 240 250 going back to uh, late 90 early 2000s uh, helpful conditions and in helpful conditions uh, only players who are good technically whether they are bowler or a batsman they perform and that's what happened exactly that you know if you look at all the good batsmen rohit sharma virat kohli smith david warner they are all good 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 players who are technically correct and all of them have performed same thing with the bowlers the bowlers who pitch the ball up and swing the ball like wokes did so yeah big disappointment uh, but this english side is definitely deserves to win uh, and the reason i'm saying they deserve to win because they dominated uh, throughout the four years and especially after the after what happened in 2015 the lost against bangladesh and were not able to qualify for the quarter finals and the way they changed the system hmm. you know they they let anderson go they let broad uh, go uh, they brought the cricketers who can who play positive cricket and 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 to to ian morgan credit you know he 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 kept faith on on the players especially on on, on alex spinner adil rashid i don't think any english captain have had any kind of faith on any kind of leg spinners ever uh, previously but he he kept faith on him even when he was not performing in a world cup or before he he kept playing him and that's how you make big players hmm. and let, guys let's talk about uh, jason roy i mean what what a player anand i'm sure you are a big fan but how integral is he of course we all talked about josh butler but this is a guy who's kind of uh, when he was gone england lost Uh, a match or two and now he's back and looks like he never uh, you know he never left the left the 11 we we called him out when england was losing um, earlier in 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 the uh, in, in the league stages um jason roy plays well it he also makes the other players play much better uh, bersto is a much better batsman when roy is playing alongside him some of it is mindset but i think it's some of this is just ball striking talent these guys are fearless uh, i cannot think of any uh, a set of fast bowlers who would go up against this england lineup and not feel some amount of fear um, that that you know these guys are going to destroy them mm. uh, this is a kind of uh, you know batting lineup that west indies had at one point with gilgeous and viv richards and players like that australia had it i i think next to that this is the batting lineup of uh, arguably of the last 15 years since that australian team Okay, so last few minutes left for this show. Uh, let's analyze the final that's coming up. We all agree England is a heavy favorite. So, Sabi, uh, what needs to happen for New Zealand to make this competitive or even become world champions? Uh, they have to take early wickets as they they, they did against India. Uh, somehow they have to get uh, Jason Roy, uh, Joe Root, and Bestro out in first probably seven to eight overs. to have any kind of chance to win the win the match otherwise it looks very very tough against this they, do they Australia need to team. do they need to bowl first sabhi or they need they can chase and win this to new zealand they can chase and win but but then 
the chase cannot be more than more than 230 or 240 uh, in pressure games betting first is always 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 a way to go uh, but the, it depends on the wicket as well and like we saw uh, the first 45 minutes of of uh, australia versus england where the ball was seeming and swinging so so sometime it can be tough early morning starts can be tough uh, and uh, if new zealand uh, can ball first and if they are helpful condition uh, take early wickets and risk uh, england to maybe 230 240 they might be outside chance still mm-hmm. 240 250 is not easy to chase in a world cup final okay anand uh, do you want to add to this uh... yeah I I do uh, I I think the one of the most important things we've been talking about throughout this is let's get rid of the bits and pieces players when it comes to these big matches. If New Zealand wants to win this match, they have to take out somebody like uh uh Colin De Granholm and replace him with somebody like Anish Sodhi. Somebody who can actually uh maybe potentially become a wicket-taking threat against uh, England. they need to play five solid bowlers they cannot have neetham and the granholm be their fifth bowler uh, because they will be taken apart by the england batting lineup they need five real bowlers and maybe neesham to support as a sixth bowler what is the key match abanan for this final is it bold versus the english openers or is it archer and wokes versus kane williamson what is what does stand out I think yeah, all of these do stand out, but uh, for me, it is uh, the New Zealand rides on Kane Williamson. If if he shows up, they have a, even a chance. But if they get Kane, I think this match is over. Hmm. And Sabi, New Zealand is. I mean, no matter. I know we'll talk about Pakistan in the next episode, and we can all agree they had a bit of luck, or maybe more than fair share of luck. But uh, they are in their second World Cup final. Great feat. You think England will feel the occasion, the pressure, playing at Lords, trying to win the first cup? Could that be? the big factor here uh, i mean it can be uh, but uh, the the way this english team responded when they were under pressure they had to win two out of two to make it to semi final and and the two matches they had to play was the one one was against india and one was against new zealand uh, and they came out from that pr- pressure and then beat uh, australia in a in a one sided game so i don't think uh they will be an, under any kind of pressure uh, i think they should be able to win that match quite convincingly okay guys so let's wrap it up anand your prediction for the final england will win uh, and i think they'll win quite easily okay sabhi yeah england all the way okay i think england bat first and win by 92 runs i mean that's my claim to fame and if it doesn't happen <laughs> you can write a nasty note <laughs> all right Hey right, guys, thanks for this great chat. I enjoyed. I think we are actually getting better at this. You know, we've taken this from emails, and uh, we need to bring more voices. I know Sanket is on a different time zone, but we'll try to get a big panel, and hopefully we can get Viral Patel in. Uh, and yeah, just uh, whoever is listening, share this with your friends. I know this is not the time India just lost, but I think we did a fair bit of analysis. These guys weighed in with some heavy input, no bias. I think this was great learning experience for me. so share with your friends and uh, let's keep the podcast going uh, this is sakib saying bye for anand and sabhi thanks for listening and enjoy the world cup final and we'll be back with another show wrapping up the entire competition next week bye for now